Hi everybody, this is Pat here from the Smashing Skull Sessions and welcome to the second episode of The Review Room. Uh, I'm joined by Rich B and Rich M who joined us a few weeks ago as well, lads. Great to have you back again. Have an old chat about some music. Yes, looking forward to a, another round. Exactly. As you can see, guys, we're missing one man. We're missing uh, Tim, who's off on holidays in Spain. So, Tim, enjoy yourself, man. And thanks for the track you left us with. Um, we'll have a bit of fun with that one. All right. So, guys, I suppose we kick off with the first track, will we? Get, get things rolling, because we wanted to talk about another topic, don't we, afterwards? Maybe a bit of our tangent, Rich. Yes, absolutely. Both Rich and I will be heading there for the three days, Excellent. although we're far too old and knackered. Well, I am. I can't speak for Rich to camp. So uh, we're cheating and getting a taxi in every day uh, and having a good night's sleep and a shower because that's how we need to do festivals these days. That's how you do when you go past <laughs> the mid-40s, isn't it? Your 50s. Yeah, that's the fucking yeah. And you know something? Have you your taxi booked and ordered now for that trip? Will you have it? Because well, that's a hard place to get in and out of, like. It is. It is. We yeah. did all right last year ad hoc, um, and we've positioned ourselves in uh, Wells, which is a well, it's actually a city because it's got a cathedral. Okay. Um, but we, I stayed there a few years ago, and um, it was pretty easy to block book a taxi for three days. So oh, I'm nice. hoping, obviously, we'll do it a few days in advance. But yeah, you had a bit of a nightmare when you came yes. out, didn't we, you? We, we we'll talk about that as well, Richie, in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> It, haunt, it still haunts me to this day. I can Your 10-mile you. hike at four in the morning back Fucking to Bristol Airport. Stop. In soaking wet, freezing cold, two hours sleep. Oh, man. It's, to be, it's one to not, not to forget anyway. But look, back to the tracks, lads. First track I picked on it is a track from a band called So Hideous. I don't know. Have you heard of them before? No. no not nor, new to me. New to and, me. And new to me, lads. Fucking hell. I heard these lads. I heard a song. This track that I'm going to play. And it's been a while since I've had a reaction like I did after listening to this. I was working nights and I was playing this track and it just fucking blew my mind. So everybody else, have a listen to this. This is so hideous. This is their latest single that came out on the 16th of June. It's called Bright Black Beach. Um, some blackened hardcore, we'll call it. Here you go, let's try this out.
So there you have it, guys. That's the first track we're going to review tonight. And that was my choice. We all have a choice, just so you know. That was So Hideous, Bright Black Beach, released on the 16th of June. The lads hail from New York. A new band to me, as I said. Uh, when I heard it for the first time, I was working night shift, lads, and I was absolutely fucking polaxed. It just knocked me sideways. Do you know, it's, uh, what I found, it reminds me, like a Quentin Tarantino film to begin with, or some some kind of a, a Western, do you know, that that vibe, that slow guitar intro was fucking class. Obviously, when the blast beats come in and then those vocals eh, just knocked me for six, lads. Tremolo guitaring, absolutely love it. Um I can't fault this track, which is why I picked it. Have a clue with the lyrics. Don't know what he's saying, which doesn't really matter to me because it's just the whole package, everything about that song, the layers. It just I love the way it builds. A bit short, granted, yeah, a bit short in time, maybe four minutes. I could have listened to that for plenty more. Uh, Rich, um, what do you think yourself? Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. Um, yeah. Loved the intro to it. Loved the kick into it. It was quite, you know, quite aggressive, quite raw. It was really, mm, mm. I really enjoyed it. For me, I found myself straining to listen to the vocals a little bit. They were possibly just a little bit too low in the mix for me. Don't know why. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was really quite low. And like yourself, I could have listened to it go round again. It just felt mm. like it cut short. But they're minor things. It was, a, it was a really good track. And I'll listen to them some more, I think. Brilliant, brilliant. Rich M? Or sorry, Rich B? Well, before we before I begin, <laughs> I think I need to put in a bit of a disclaimer here because uh, three of the four tracks that we are reviewing are, um, as we were saying in the uh, in the intro before we went live, definitely have black in the uh, in the genre description. And uh, my path here has complete is completely different, I think, from you guys. So I started yeah. out um, with Depeche Mode and the Smiths, okay, in the early eighties then discovered goth and, you know, Bills of the Nephilim, uh-huh. you know, guttural vocals there. So I do do them occasionally. Um, and that was my introduction to that style of, of yeah. singing. Uh, but then I went shoegaze. Then I went back to indie. Then I went post-punk. Then I discovered Mogwai and obviously the whole arsenal of post-rock that, uh, that has happened since. Mm-hmm. Uh, they weren't necessarily the first. There's a debate for you for another episode. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And more recently, thanks to you two guys and obviously visits to Dunk, I've sort of been broadening my horizons into sort of more post and black metal areas because I like the atmosphere mm. and I like the build. Um, but certainly beyond that is a challenge for me. Um, <laughs> it's possibly a bit like asking Sir David Attenborough what his favourite tree logging company is, actually. <laughs> That might need some work. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, anything with power violence or sludge yeah, in, the, yeah. uh, in the genre tag has me a bit concerned before I've even listened to it. Okay. So there you go. There's my disclaimer. As far as this track is concerned, yes. Um, you mentioned Tarantino. I'm going mm. Ennio Morricone. Okay. Okay. who, Italian composer, no longer with us, but wrote a lot of the scores for, as you mentioned, the Spaghetti Westerns yes, yes. in the mid-late 70s, you know, Fistful of Dollars, Few Dollars More, Once Upon a Time in the West. Mm-hmm. And it absolutely sounds, albeit with a slightly heavier bass line, that it's taken from one of those film scores. Yeah, And I'm thinking, okay, this is interesting, this is different. And then 
obviously it explodes with glass beats and mm. that black metal styling that uh, I am becoming gradually quite familiar with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you two guys, it's quite brief. Um, and then it sort of breaks down again and, and, and outros within what, four minutes? Mm, four or six. Um, yeah. It certainly didn't outstay its welcome. Mm. And I have no idea what the rest of their material sounds like, if it's anything similar to this or whether this is a complete outlier. Mm. Um, but if they're that experimental and they're introducing sort of orchestral elements to their black metal quite a lot of the time, as hopefully you're going to tell me, Pat, um, yes. then, yeah, I'll definitely be investing a bit more time in them. Yeah, you absolutely hit the nail on the head, Rich, because I was only waiting to pounce on that orchestral <laughs> They have so much of it in their music. And there's a couple of tracks, again, just go on to YouTube there. And the name escapes me again at the moment now. Uh, and it's again, it's like a Quentin Tarantino film, the, mm -hmm. the, the actual video for the track. But yeah, there's everything. There's tr trumpets, there's fucking brass, there's strings. Everything is just a wall. It's, it's, it's chaos, but organized chaos, if you know what I mean. It, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I think this track I love. And I'm picking it because it's the latest track. But if I was to pick a track, I probably would have picked something else that you would have liked a lot more. Both of you actually, Rich M as well, like, you know. How long have they been going, Pat? About six or seven years. They have maybe three albums. Um, I'm trying, I have one already coming. I have one on Vine Life, a second on the way. And I'm trying to source a third. So yeah, I've really, really taken to these guys mm, big time. Just on the length of track, because we all mentioned it was short. Yeah. Uh, it's not necessarily a bad thing to have a short track. It's yeah. just this felt like it had got more to give if it had come back around again. Yeah, that's yeah. That's the feeling. Um, we could say about length of track and genre like we did last time, that there isn't a right length of track. It just felt short. But I think black metal in general tends to lean towards longer tracks, don't they? You never really hear a black metal track that's four minutes, would you? Maybe uh, black metal, but maybe if you go more post black metal, you won't use black. Much. No, certainly black metal itself does a lot mm. of shorter mm. tracks. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it reminded me the black metal bit reminded me of, um, and I think we mentioned these guys previously, Terna or T R N A from Terna, yeah, Saint Petersburg. Um, yeah. That sort of speeding black metal with glass beats, but you know, within that or outside of that, they've got mm. the sort of atmospheric stuff that I really love going on as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or Show Me a Dinosaur, you know, that, that kind of style, isn't it? Um, it is, it is, yeah. yeah. It does lean towards that a bit, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So all, all good, I think. Uh, Richie, I think, Rich B, sorry. I think you'll find a lot more in their earlier material or their previous track, their previous albums. I definitely yeah. recommend you go check it out. Rich, um, I just know you're going to love it when you go back and listen to it. I, I had you sort of in mind when I picked this. I was fucking Richie's going to love this. And there you go. Look, thanks, I appreciate that. How it transpires, and we'll see it after. How your track resembles my track in some ways would be interesting. In some ways, yeah. So lads, thumbs up or thumbs down for that one? So hideous. Thumbs up for that one. Thumbs up all the way. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely on the positive side for that. Excellent, excellent. Great start. So, Richie, we're going to go to next. Rich B, sorry. What, what track have you got for us? Okay, so um, this is going to be a change up from the other two or the the, the, the remaining two tracks that we're going to listen to. Mm. Um, it's by a Leeds band, Leeds UK, Din of Celestial Birds, which I think was a film 
and that's where the name came from. I haven't done my research as far as that's concerned. They're a five-piece. They've got three guitarists, so you can already imagine that for a post-rock band, mm. they're going to pack a punch. Um, I discovered these guys probably a couple of years ago. I think they maybe had either a single or an EP out, if I remember rightly, self-released, I believe. Mm. I think they've now been picked up by a thousand arms in the US. That's right. Um, not sure about elsewhere. Um, not sure they're on Dunkers yet, but that probably is going to, only going to be a matter of time. <laughs> so this, I like how you said as yet, Richie, there, without, yeah, without, this, without flinching. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. So this is a track called Downpour. Um, it's the first track, um, I believe, from their debut album, which is out on the 11th of August. Mm. Um, so, um, yeah, Excellent. Downpour. Brilliant. Let's give it a listen, that's So there you have it, guys. That is Dinner Celestial Birds. That's the track Downpour, which came out, I think, the 28th of June, which you may be the single. Um, yeah, give us your give us your um, back up, back up your choice for us. Yeah, so um, I think, as I mentioned before, we heard a little bit of it. The three guitarists that make up the five piece really give this track a, a, a right kick up the arse for me. Mm. Um, and when it kicks in, it really kicks in. Um, yeah. It's only, again, it's quite short for post-rock. It's five minutes, um, which to me with post-rock, I do find appealing because it cuts out a lot of the pointless noodling that you get sometimes, mm. not mentioning any names because um, <laughs> that would be controversial. Um, but, yeah, in a similar way, I mean, they stylistically they sound different, but, you know, God is a national appeal for that reason because yeah. they don't tend to have tracks longer than six, seven minutes. This one clocks in at five does its business pretty early with a couple of decent crescendos. Mm. Um, I quite like the electronic breakdown yes. um, or, you know, sort of the electric, it's not, sorry, the breakdown and the electronic accompaniment, which then helps to build it back up again mm. uh, and then finishes with a plomb. So I think in a year this year, which I think for sort of traditional 
I'm going to call it crescendo core. It's a terrible description, but we all know what I mean. Um, and let's hope we never hear that again, Mitch. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say it again. You can, you can tell me off. Um, Post rock with a nice crescendo. Yeah. Sort of, it, there's a, there's a, there's a, I don't know, there's a window, isn't there, where a lot of post rock sits. Mm. Uh, and this is definitely right in the centre of that window. Um, yeah. And again, it appeals for that reason because this year there hasn't been, for me, certainly haven't discovered a great deal of um, post rock core music that I like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Certainly albums, yeah. you know, tracks here and there. But, you know, a lot of the big guns obviously released in the last year or two. So they're on, you know, they're on a cycle. So it's, it does seem quite a quiet year. So this sticks out for me as being quality. Fair point. Uh, yeah. Right up my street for that reason. And you're right. There's been a lot of singles being dropped this year, I think, mm. rather than albums. I know maybe bands are just slow to get writing because they're so busy, but it is something I'm noticing a lot. When you, like we, we spoke about Bandcamp and we'll talk about it another day. We'll be probably talking about it every day we come on. But there's so many singles when you go through the new releases, you know, yeah. no matter what genre you're looking at, maybe that's just, is that, maybe it's the way they're going. Bands releasing singles before they drop the album, two, well, three tracks. It's a whole other discussion about whether people even listen to albums these days, the way they mm. get the music. Um, mm. True. Yeah. For another time. Yeah. yeah. That's a whole different kind another, of work. Another topic we're going to keep hold of, yeah. Mm. Rich, Rich, Emma, what was your um, feeling on that one? I liked it. I think mm. Rich, bang on, it is everything that's good about post-rock. Mm. Um, I myself, coming from a different angle than Rich, a bit different background, can sometimes get lost in some of the post-rock that gets a bit yeah. too sort of, well, Rich said, when you say twiddly, was that the... Uh, Noodly, I think. Noodly, correct. <laughs> and it, it can lose me and I can drift away, and I certainly didn't with this. Um, it's, it's calm and loud at the same time, which mm. is what post-rock should be. Um, I thought it was just very good at what it did, and it's got a hell of a riff in it. And um, for me, I'm really, really looking forward to hearing more from them. Mm. Yeah, you're, you're spot on there, Rich. A lot of post-rock, as good as it can be, sometimes the guitars lack a little bite, don't they? Yeah. This Maybe it's because the three guitarists, Rich, uh, might be half the reason behind it, but there is a bit of heft behind this track. There is. For a post-rock band, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, that, I mean, you know Andy Gill, one of the members. Has he been in bands mm. previously? Um, he, don't, he probably has, but he has his own project as well, uh, Wilderness of Mirrors, which is more towards, dare I say, post-black, um, a lot heavier. So maybe there's your influence to the heavier guitar tone that they have, you know. Mm. Um, I love it as well. I've seen these guys actually um, back in January. There's, there was a half dare, it was called. Uh, Celestial Deity in Productions had a show with Mountainscape and Helve. Itself timeless. Um, Dinner Celestial Birds. I'm going to curse myself because I'm missing two, but it was a fantastic day, lads. And these guys were polished. They were fucking super tight, like. Um, and I suppose they've got a shot at Arctangent this year, lads, which is well and truly deserved. Absolutely. Yeah. We're going to talk mm -hmm. about Arctangent later, but I didn't know when I picked this track that they were playing ATG and then I was doing my ATG revision, which is much needed, again, for reasons that we'll talk about later with the sheer volume of bands playing mm -hmm. this year. Um, and I was delighted to see them on. They are, we are going to have to stay off the beer the night before to a certain extent because they're on. It is first morning, so we should be okay. <laughs> okay. Yes, because we'll have to drive there, so that's okay. Good.
Well done, Rich. Yeah. So we will see them then without a hangover. Excellent. I should look forward to that. Yeah. I, I just laugh when I hear plans like that about restricting your alcohol intake <laughs> the night before. It just never happens. That I can no. Seen at festivals, haven't you, Pat? <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I even bothered mentioning that because it's, yeah, it's, it's almost uh, it's almost the inevitable. If you say that, it's, it's almost inevitable that the opposite will happen, isn't it? It's, there you go. Yeah. And, and you meet on that day and you just look at each other and just give the nod yes we know <laughs> we said differently uh, but going back to this track lads uh, I got a, a lot of ranges um, moments in this track not specifically mm. their other material but this track in, in particular I did again yeah, I, I think suppose, with, yeah. I think they're heavier than ranges um, ranges mm. are a bit prettier and not, not that's necessarily a bad thing but this has a bit more heft for me yeah um, yeah Again, I haven't. I'm not familiar. I've only heard a couple of other tracks, so I'm not hugely familiar um, mm. with their other stuff. But uh, yeah, if the album is along similar lines, um, it will be, you know, be right up there for me in terms of um, on heavy rotation for the rest of this year. Yeah, Rich, I just about to say that actually, they they are heavier than Rangers because Rangers are exactly what sometimes loses me in in post rock. For me, mm. they have enough of that riff that heft that loudness to them to keep me there yeah. so i can see the similarities but these these guys to me are much more exciting yeah i just think that the similarity might be in in the way it sort of ebbs and flows yeah the track isn't it you know that that is a very ranges thing to do bring especially in the ascension that album like it just brings you up to this beautiful plateau and brings you down and again and up again and down yeah so yeah, um, great band. Love the guys. Nice fellas in the planet. Andy Gill, if he's watching. I know he does watch the show, so big shout out, Andy, boy. That's fantastic stuff. Um, you got the good work, Andy, if that's the case. Exactly, lads, exactly. So I suppose thumbs up all around again, no doubt there for Dinner Celestial Bird. Absolutely, yes. Yes. Yeah. Glad to bring some light relief to all this uh, black metal that uh, is otherwise <laughs> going to be inflicted on our audience. I bet they've never been called light relief before. <laughs> <laughs> well, things are going to get a whole lot darker, lads, I suppose. So they might as well take a break if they want to grab a, a coffee or something. Have a lie down. Or maybe a box of tissue just to cry into somebody's hair because we're going to be going into some seriously dark stuff. Next track, look, Rich, um, we suppose we go with you, will we? Your track, and we keep Tim's for last. Yeah, no problem at all. Um, there's a, a band called Astraka, I think I'm saying that right. Yeah. Um, who are from Richmond and Virginia. Um, who I was aware of about ooh, five or six years ago. They had some some stuff out that I was aware of, really enjoyed it. They've not done anything for four or five years, as far as I'm aware. Okay. Um, this is a sort of comeback, the album Disaster. Um, the track we're going to listen to is called Stage Whisper. Nice. Um, they're a three-piece, uh, which is interesting, considering the, the sound that they get. Um, signed to Skeletal Lightning label. And, um, yeah, let's let's hear it. Oh. Sounds promising. I love it. Here we go, guys. So this is Richie's choice. This is Stage Whisper from Ostraka.
Right, guys, so there you have it. That is Ostraka. The song is Stage Whisper, and it comes from the album Disaster, which was released on the 30th of June. And that's Rich Murphy's choice. And Rich, give us a bit of feedback behind it, man. I, first time I listened to this, wasn't entirely sure because the, the, mm. the range of styles, it's almost schizophrenic. But the more you listen to this, it, it, I, I just love the track. I think mm. it's excellent. At the beginning, it's so unsettling. It's eerie. It's just a really basic strum and a, and a bass. And you've got no inkling of what's coming. Mm. Um, mm. The, it's such an impressive switch. I don't think there are many, many tracks I've heard that have such a wide separation in the sounds. Mm. The musicianship in it is incredible. The drumming in this yeah. Yeah. track is really, really impressive. There are parts of it where you just have to acknowledge the ability of the musician. Mm. I mean, mm. it, it is really good to listen to um it is the standout track on the album for me okay and i, I just think it's something a little bit different a little mm. bit challenging for some people on this <laughs> podcast. um but no I, I thoroughly enjoyed it and um i think it's uh, going to be one i'll listen to for a while yeah uh, i have to say rich i listened to it the first time and i went whoa fuck it this is a bit chaotic but again, second, third listen, that track absolutely grew me. And no, I just think it is absolutely incredible. Um, it opens similar to So Hideous, the track that I played, I thought, with that slow build. Um, it's sort of like My Sleeping Karma, you know, that type of yeah. that style of guitaring that My Sleeping Karma have. Um, I, that, that, was, that came to mind straight away when I was listening to the intro. And again, look once it breaks into that black metal fucking, as you, schizophrenic chaotic just blows your mind if you're into that type of thing yeah. it has to be said and for me even when it breaks back down again that bass line that brings it back down mm. almost a post-rock bass line it, it reminded mm. me we lost the sea bizarrely okay just that, that bass when it brought it back before going again mm. and yeah i really enjoyed it again and even it's so chaotic there's there's melody there there, there is a melody through this track like you know it, it's not just noise for the sake of noise there is a melody there there's atmosphere emotion in it again lyrically having a fucking clue just like so hideous don't know what's been said but it doesn't matter it's just the vocal adds another layer of sound which just fits the music perfectly i think so yeah for me brilliant i wrote down in my notes here um love the finale which we never got to play there, but that song just just loses yeah. itself towards the end. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. Rich B, we saved um, you for last because I've been I'm, I'm interested actually, <clears throat> genuinely interested to hear your take. Yeah, on well, I've obviously come into this with as open mind as possible, and um, I was <clears throat> surprised initially because I think. Rich had given us a bit of a warning as to what to expect. And it begins almost like a post-rock track. And I'm thinking, okay, so for the first couple of minutes or so, I was obviously enjoying it, waiting to see what was going to happen, obviously expecting what I thought expecting was going to happen. And then what happened after that? I have absolutely no fucking idea. Either somebody had a power drill at the back of my skull (laughs) Or uh, or there was all kinds of shrieking and all kinds of really fast, distorted guitar playing um, for a few minutes. And then it broke down again and went all quiet again. And then the ending is absolutely one of the most chaotic things I've heard all year. Um, 
I mean, it's almost math in its um, rhythm, and then it it blasts off again into uh, into orbit. And uh, mm. I, yeah, I mean, I came out of it thinking, would I listen to it again? Absolutely no. Um, being entirely honest with you, because it's, mm-hmm. it's way way out of my comfort zone. Is it interesting music? Is it well played? I agree with you, Rich, in terms of the drumming. Absolutely amazing. And yeah, yeah, I can I can absolutely value the musicianship in it. And I tell you what, if either of you said these guys were playing in Manchester or Bristol uh, and I was available, I'd come along because to yeah. experience it live, as with most metal that I've experienced live so far, I love it because it's live music, it's well played, and, you know, these guys would pack an amazing punch I'm sure mm-hmm. so i'm on the fence in terms of it's for me but you know i can give it the thumbs up just from the point of view of it being very very well done and yeah. very interesting i was just sorry go, go ahead rich the fact that, that you're not going to listen to it maybe again because it's not something you'd head to by choice but i certainly found that i get the impression that pat maybe found as well that actually on a second listen it gives you a lot more than that first mm. listen um, because you because you're aware of what's coming in a way, yeah. yes. So that initial yeah. sort of fight or flight response in your head, yeah, doesn't happen. You're a lot calmer about it. So, but yeah, great I think point. If I, actually... Sorry, Pat. No, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I think if I played this to my three young children, it'd actually make them cry. <laughs> um, is that a good or a bad thing? Even more so than the music I normally play to them, which is, you know, Mogwai or <laughs> We Lost the Sea, or similar, yeah. where they're close to tears already, but uh, for different reasons. Yeah. But, uh, but that, yeah. That, that music would bring them to tears. This would have them wailing, yeah. I would Running, think, running for cover, yeah. I think. Yeah. For, but again, not a bad thing if you're into that kind of thing. And these four tracks that we're reviewing this week, lads, I had these on in the car. Obviously, it was the easiest place to listen to tracks on my own, you know, because you don't get a chance at it. But that has become my favourite track, even though as much as I love So Hideous and I love the track that I brought to the table, this track, Rich, is is something special, I think. And again, that's coming from my background, Rich. Be, I can probably appreciate this a bit more than you can, you know, from, from my background, especially with all the doom metal and, and death metal I would have listened to. So yeah, brilliant track, brilliant choice, Rich. Love it, <laughs> love it. Yeah, a tags actually. The tag on this is depressive black metal, as I suppose. That's Rich. That's probably um, a fair that's description. Not that's the next one. Oh fuck it, you're right. <laughs> oh, I mean, I was agreeing with you because to me it sounded exactly like that. <laughs> actually, yeah, you're right, Rich. Uh, you can actually take that bit out if you don't mind. Uh, yeah. So uh, thumbs up for myself and uh, uh, Rich M. Yeah. Absolute thumbs up, yeah. And last word to you, Rich, again, just to yeah, give closure I, I, on this one. Do you know what? I'm going to give it the thumbs up because why Excellent. wouldn't I? You know, I've said, you know, it's not for me, but in terms of how it's put together, yeah, it's 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 a good track. Cool. Brilliant. Right, lads, as you know, we would have had a fourth man here, but he's on holidays. Uh, Tim Peenenberg, I hope, is having a great time um, sipping beer out in the sun and enjoying himself. But he did leave us one of his tracks before he went. This is a band called Nun. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that correct because it is spelt N-O, then N-E underneath. So I'm hoping it's Nun. The album is inevitable. The track is a reason to be. This is depressive black metal. I have one of their albums, actually, um, Life Has Gone On Long Enough. 
<laughs> of that table. <laughs> well, um, I um, Pat, sorry to interrupt, but I yeah. I looked up uh, I looked them up on Bandcamp. Yeah. And there's the term DSBM. So it's not yeah. just depressive black metal, it's also <laughs> suicidal black metal. Yes. I'm thinking, crikey, what am I letting ourselves in for here? But so DSBM, I didn't even know that was a term that existed. So uh, yeah, apparently that's where they're fitting. Mm-hmm. Well, we let the music do the talking, lads. Will we everyone have a listen Certainly to this will. one? The album is inevitable. The track is a reason to be, and this was released on the 30th of June, lads. Have a listen to this. Okay, guys, so there you have it. That was Tim's choice. Fantastic choice, actually. The band is none. The album is inevitable. Uh, the track was a reason to be depressive black metal, as it's known as. I have there a previous album, which I mentioned. I ten minute, It's a 10-minute track. I love the acoustic opening. Black influences all over the place. I love the tempo changes. The fuzzy guitar tone that comes with black metal. I like at times, sometimes it gets a little bit too distorted where I it, it grates a little bit on, on, on the ears. Maybe I got that at some stage of this like, but again, I love how the track is broken down. I love how it's not just one pace throughout, you know, it, again, we talk about ebbing and flowing, but in this style of music, which is normally pretty linear. Yeah, this is a bit different. I love the vocals and I love how they mix it up. Whispers, screams, fucking someone being strangled, I would assume. I don't know. Uh, yeah, but uh, all hugely atmospheric, hugely atmospheric. And that's what I like about it. It's hugely atmospheric. And uh, not for everybody. It's not for the faint hearted, I would say. Rich B, what's your take on this one? Uh, well, I was unfamiliar, obviously, with the term DSBM or depressive mm. suicidal black metal. So I was fearing the worst before entering into this, having done my research before, uh, before listening to them for the first time. Um, but I am a fan of uh, the atmosphere and aura that a lot of um, instrumental black metal conveys. Yeah. Um, so this started off fantastically right in the space that I enjoy. Um, you know, bands like Alcest, Sylvain, Sylvan, however you pronounce them. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it kicks in, yes, there's loads of blast beats, but, sorry, there's not loads of blast beats. The drumming is quite slow. Um, and there's almost an absence of blast beat. I think there's an accompanying blast beat once or twice within the 10 minutes. That's one, just one thing I noticed. Yeah. Obviously, not, not a trained ear. But it wasn't absolutely over-the-top blast beats all the time, which 
which mm-hmm. gave it a bit more space to hear the, yeah. the instrumentation, the guitars, the the atmosphere. Um, as we all know, I'm not a fan of shrill, shrieked vocals. Um, there is a place for them, absolutely. And I think where he places his vocals is in the right place. It's in the peaks of the music. Uh, again, mm-hmm. in the same way that it works for me with Alcest. Um albeit I quite like the contrast occasionally with clean vocals as well. And I think yeah. that's where I enjoy them most because you get that contrast and you get them moving into shrieking territory at the point which is most effective, i.e. when the music's building to a climax. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it didn't lose my attention for 10 minutes. That's the biggest compliment I can give it. Um, you know, for, for a genre that I'm not... 100% comfortable with it sits of, of the three black metal tracks that we've heard tonight this is my favourite um, because it has that tone and that build and that mm. atmosphere that, uh, that I buy into with with some not all black metal you. it's done really well um, yeah, and apparently there are some instrumental tracks on the album I don't know if they're just ambient interludes or mm-hmm. what but I, I read that in, in a review earlier today and i thought actually yeah that's the reason for me to check them out um Excellent. if i wasn't planning to already yeah yeah great stuff Sorry. uh rich Sorry. rich Jam. Hmm? It, it was so atmospheric it was uh, you know, really good it was bleak it was minimal it was tortured in places it, it, it was everything that you if you had to sort of depressive black metal that is exactly what it was mm-hmm. uh, it was it was a beautiful track I yeah really enjoyed it the atmosphere right from the start sometimes you have to wait for an atmosphere to build i don't think you had to build i think it was there right from the from the very beginning i think rich is right about again about the drumming a lot of time with black metal you just get blast beats it overpowers everything else and it didn't it, it mm. was used but it was used well it was used to to make a point and the rest of it was really well structured and i thought it was a, a thoroughly enjoyable track from a band that i'd not come across before so okay. they're new to me and i will be uh, checking them out so if you're introducing your mum to depressive black metal rich based on the point you made earlier this would be the one would it uh, absolutely yeah would you have a few glasses of sherry first rich before you actually introduce her <laughs> to this track <laughs> I would hope not, because <laughs> what happens after a few glasses of sherry listening to The tears come a-flowing, huh? <laughs> yeah, look, I think it's a great track. Looking back to, to all four tracks, I actually can't fault any of them, and I suppose we do want to be as honest and truthful as we can be when it comes to reviewing these tracks. But I genuinely loved all four this week. Um, couldn't pick a favourite. Uh, as I said, that post-black, depressive metal, whatever you want to call it, post-hardcore, that dark, aggressive music, that bleak sound. I love it. I could listen to it all day. Um, so I thought we had three tracks that ventured into that domain, but they were all very, not very different, but they were different. They all brought something different to the table, basically, yeah. Anything more to say on those tracks before we move on, Rich? I, I was just going to say that those, all those tracks that you mentioned, they all had similarities. They were all basically the same but they were all built and structured in a very different way. There were three different takes on the same thing. Mm-hmm. 
Last word, Rich B, anything to add to that? Before yeah, we move I on? mean, despite what I said right at the intro, I, I actually enjoyed the experience. Uh, and obviously there's going to be plenty more, I guess, as we're moving forward. Um, you know, I shall hold my end up in the in the post-rock and, 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 and post-metal arena as we move forward and hopefully you'll help me out occasionally pat with your choices maybe even rich will as well who knows uh, i know less about tim's choices but no it's um it was an experience i enjoyed listening to them um i wouldn't necessarily um sit down with a pair of headphones and uh, and listen to the three other bands that i didn't select tonight but i could mm-hmm. see why um you guys picked them um, and I'll certainly be invest- investigating them a bit more, um, yeah. certainly in the albums that, that these tracks were a part of to see, you know, how they evolve as part of that album. Yeah, I suppose we do want to cover all, all genres of music too. Like that's probably key to this show too, isn't it? It's not necessarily a post-rock or a post-metal show. Like, I mean, the review room, we are no. trying to cover. Well, that's good news because I've got some psychedelic trance lined up for, uh, for nice. next episode. So, uh, <laughs> okay last come here thanks for that so that's the four tracks that we've uh, reviewed for you I hope somebody listened to us takes interest in them and goes to Bandcamp and checks them out because they are four great tracks I won't say all very different but they are different but they all bring something to the table one thing they all do have is atmosphere lads and they do have talent in abundance right so there you have it guys there's four great tracks go check them all out on Bandcamp and uh, don't be afraid to spend a few euros and throw it their way right lads for the final part of the show we have a topic to discuss this week I want to talk about Arctangent or should I say we want to talk about Arctangent because we give Dunk so much so much <laughs> airtime here on the Smashing Skull Sessions and the review room it's only fair to mention other good and brilliant festivals that are out there because there is just so many but Lads, Arc Tangent, I think, is well-deserved of a, a mention. Would I be right? Oh, absolutely. I've, I've been going since uh, every year since 2017. Obviously, there's a two-year break for reasons that we all know about. Um, and it's it's evolved quite dramatically from its origins. Um, I started going in 2017 because it started to introduce a bit more of the... Um, bands and music that I like. It started off very much as a math rock festival. Yeah. Um, hence the name, you know. Um, so I think initially they only had a couple of stages and maybe 20, 30 bands, um, probably of a similar f- format to Portals, which is now mm-hmm. you know really successful, mainly math, but other stuff as well, festival happening in London every year. Um but no, it's 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 exploded into the you know the massive festival that it is now. I think there's well over 120 acts playing um, over a four day period. Um, mm-hmm. I think they open up the main stage, Rich, on the Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and bands like June DVNE uh, are playing on the Wednesday night, and there's a few others. I think Hippo Tractor, who we saw last year, are back mm-hmm. again. They're over from Belgium. That's on the Wednesday. But yeah, it's um, it's four days of wall-to-wall quality um, music that fits into probably as many genres of alternative music as you think of now. Mm. Um, but I think in the main, there's... You've got to help me out here, Rich. In terms of the main, the, the headliners, Converge, 
Converge. Yeah, Converge is, is um, genre. Well, we weren't going to do genres. We agreed last week we weren't going to do genres. <laughs> well, then descri- describe Converge to me. I'm not that familiar with Converge. You probably know more about them than yeah, I Yeah, well, I actually saw them, um, and I still can't really describe them. Anyway, let's let's move on. Let's not talk about Converge. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, um, it's very, very difficult to plot a route through the three days because, mm-hmm. um, one, there are loads of bands that I'm unfamiliar with, so I'm having to do a lot of research where I'm faced with two or three bands that I know nothing about playing yeah. on yeah. stages at different stages simultaneously rather than the same stages simultaneously because that would go horribly wrong I guess. Um, so I'm doing some research there but then again there's also probably 20 or 30 bands across the three days four days that I would pay to see live if that makes mm-hmm. sense yeah. actually Rich are you, are you going to see those 30 bands irrespective of who else is playing are you like Yes. Is there anything that's going to draw your attention away from yeah, those? Yeah, no? there's very few clashes. I think there's a couple which are disappointing, but again, it's you know the, there's there's an outright winner for all of the clashes that I've seen across the schedule. Okay. I don't know what where you are, Rich, on that. There's, there's there's no real clashes for me. The bands that I want to see, which range from bands that I would want to see wherever I see them, uh, bands that I've seen three or four years ago not heard anything from since, but thoroughly enjoyed and want to go back and see again. Mm, There's mm. no clashes. Um, so for me, it's going to be racing from one stage to the other for two days at least. These clashing things, and it was Dunk brought it in this year for the first time. Like, I hate the idea of clashing, you know, because if, the, if two bands you want to see obviously clash, I would watch one show from start to finish. I hate watching half a performance. Yeah. It, it just doesn't do it for me. Because... The second half of every performance is nearly always the best part to the finale, you know, so you're going to cut somebody short there. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the one thing about ARC and all festivals, any big festival, because it is getting bigger every year, let's be honest. Like, I mean, they fit so many bands that there's, there's just overlaps everywhere. It's a tough thing to deal with. Yeah. I mean, I've, I prepared a top five must see and then the top five would really like to see if I get out of bed early enough. Um, and in no particular order, the top five would be Svalbard, Mm. Um, who I absolutely love, despite all my protestations about screamed vocals and, um, you know, not necessarily being into the heavier end of, uh, of music. They just absolutely do it for me because, again, they've got that combination of clean and screamed yeah. vocals and musicianship. Brilliant. Brutus, absolutely love Brutus. Loved their album last year. Phenomenal. Uh, it will be the highlight of the festival for me when they play What Have We Done? Because it was my favourite track by a mile of last year. Mm-hmm. Familiar, Pat. If you're not, check it out immediately because it's a, it's an absolute tearjerker, that one. Um, yeah, I'm a fan of Brutus, I like. Yeah. And then the other three, I think probably Rich could predict my other three. I'm going Holy Fawn. I'm going Year of No Light. Yep. And Russian Circles. Uh, well, that's five of my top ten ticked off as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Similar bands. I would, I would add on to that. Brickerville. I don't know if I pronounced it right. I think so. Arc Tangent. Oh, sorry, we saw it. Dunk. Seventeen. I think in seventeen. Yeah. Um, so I would add them onto the list. 
I would add Highlung onto the list, who I find fascinating. Um, I don't know how you'd categorize them at all. Mm-hmm. Um, Birds in Row mm-hmm. and Cave In. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I want to see them. Yeah, some seriously big bands there, lads. It's, it's, it's a super lineup. Go on, Rich. I, I cut you halfway. Go on. I'm going to say sixth as well, because I like sixth. And the loudest band I've ever seen live, Swans. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure if I can uh, take Swans a second time. Um, I have tried to listen to them on record. And when some of their tracks are 30 minutes long, I just haven't got the attention span. Uh, mm. But uh, I'll certainly... I'll make sure my earplugs have earplugs again before uh, before we <laughs> enter the tent, and we'll see. Well, I do. Know. I do remember Swans as well from Dunk, as it was too much for me to handle. It was too loud. Yeah, yeah well, we, too uh, loud. At Dunk, if you remember, Pat, we had a festi hut. Probably uh, it was the first or second festi hut in the row, and it was right. probably about a hundred meters from the main stage, and we were sat lying on our beds in the festi hut. Uh, and it was almost like being at a normal gig when Swans were playing from that position because <laughs> I could control the volume so it wasn't as excruciating lying on yeah. my bed. Uh, it was almost as if they were playing in front of me still. It was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, they were they were too heavy for me as well. Our tangent, I, I met you back in 2018. Tides of Man were there. Uh, Joe Quayle was there. Tides from Nebula. Anathema, who, who I wanted to see. Yeah. And who were very, very, very poor. It was, it was disappointing, like very disappointing for me because I would have been such a big fan of them. Yeah. And also I missed Blue Neck because of that, mm. which fucking galls me still to this day. Australia, as you mentioned, Richie, another highlight that, yeah. that day, because I was only there for one day. Mm. Silent Disco, which I got a great kick out of, actually. <laughs> Thoroughly enjoy Silent Disco. It was brilliant. But yeah, that's where the fun ended. That's because <laughs> I was seven hours in the cold in the black, fucking crunchy road trying to stop a car to get back to my hotel in the airport which was a horror story like you know so a um, lot more planning in my part next time I do make that trip because it is very handy there's a Cork to Bristol flight you know it's a no brainer like I, I should be making more of an effort you should just come and stay in our hotel mate um, yeah you know there's probably enough space um, at the hotel now so um, you can see I mean it's probably it's, what it's only two or three weeks away now isn't it so uh, I know might have left yeah. it a little bit too late. But, um, yeah, I mean, the other how thing it, I... <coughs> Sorry, what? No, how it's grown, though. Like, it's... A, it's it, You know, I know festivals take a while to gather momentum and stuff, like, but this has really snowballed, like, hasn't it? It has snowballed, and they're getting some significant bands there, like last year and this year. The, the, the headlines are really big. Mm. The site itself has grown, and they've moved it around since you were there. The main stages are on the other side now. Okay. Um, yeah, it, it, it's grown really well. Um, mm. it, it's still really fun festival to go to because sometimes when festivals get too big, they lose that that edge for me. Mm. Um, it's still really fun. You can still see all the bands if you want to. Um, but yeah, it's grown phenomenally. Yeah. Rich B, what do you think there? Yeah, I mean, a couple of other things. As ever with festivals that we love going to where the music is, uh, is right up our street, finding a time to actually go and get something to eat is going to be a challenge as usual because uh, you'll just end up disappointing yourself not necessarily the food but by the band that you've just missed and everyone comes out and goes oh it's the best thing ever yeah. possibly because they're on a wind up yes. um, and the other thing is just uh, just a mention for a few other bands who are perhaps not necessarily on 
a lot of people's radar, but certainly will be on mine. A few of the sort of newer post-rock bands that um, are coming over. I say coming over because uh, you've got the likes of Barons coming over from Sweden, I think. They're one album in. I mean, they're okay. o- they're opening up the ARC stage on Thursday. So wow. um, we've got to be there even for them, Rich. Um, Dinner Celestial Birds are on straight afterwards on one of the other stages. You've then got another Scandinavian band from Norway, Sperv. Are you familiar with those guys? I think we saw them at Dunk. Absolutely. We did, way yeah. back when on the old Stargazer stage. So they're they're coming over, which we because I loved their last album. And they just uh, dropped an album actually, or they're just dropping it next week, I think. Yeah, or this week. Again, they've only got half Fantastic. an hour, so they might manage two tracks in that time, I think, <laughs> if they're lucky. But yeah. uh, so they'll be uh, they'll be worth a lot. I've put I mean, obviously very well known, but for me, want to see, yeah. High Lung. I asked Rich about High Lung recently and he sent me a couple of videos where there was animal bones and all sorts going on on stage and headdresses. So, um, yeah, after a few drinks, I'll certainly be up for that. And Death Heaven are doing Sunbather as well, mm. uh, start to finish, which, again, for black metal is generally regarded, and I would agree, as, uh, as one of the best albums in the genre. So I think that, yeah. uh, that'll be worth a visit. Yeah, like you, what you just even mentioned there, that's between the stuff that's your top five and your five you haven't heard that people wouldn't be so familiar with. Like, I'm familiar with a lot of them, but I mean, it's just quality. It's wall-to-wall. Yeah. Wall-to-wall quality, lads, isn't it? And it was last year as well, to be fair to them, that this is two years in a row when it's been wall-to-wall. Mm. And what's the capacity for art tangent, actually? What, what does it hold? I'm going to say, I mean, I don't really know. I'm going to say about five thousand maybe these days um five mm. six thousand rich yeah yeah maybe maybe slightly more maybe the sort of seven thousand range but not mm. any more than that i wouldn't have thought and it's yeah. not i mean it, the good thing is the arc stage or the arc tent is massive um i mean it's on its own it's probably got a two two and a half thousand capacity so generally speaking i can't remember a time where i've not been able to get into the main stage fairly easily because you know how much mm. frustration that could be at bigger festivals. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's just about right in terms of both capacity and also the the the, the stages themselves in terms of what capacity those have. Yeah, mm. I can only think of one occasion where a, a stage has been obviously too full, and there've been people twenty, thirty deep outside, and that was Leonardo yeah. last year. Who was a rich? Sorry, Leonardo. Leonardo. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it was stacked out. They should have been on the main stage, but that's the only time I can remember. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, I suppose compare it to Dunk, Les, because obviously we, we've compared a lot of stuff to Dunk. So compare our tangent to Dunk. What's, what would attract one over the other? Um, well, I would say the weather. You can enjoy the glorious UK sunshine, uh, unlike in Dunk, where obviously it's not in the UK and also it's not outdoors. Um, However, it's normally pissing down, as we know. So. <laughs> we, were, we were once stood in the middle of a, of a tent, literally in the middle of a tent, getting wet from horizontal rain. Yeah. Yes, I remember that. Well, that was Hemelby Stormer, wasn't it? Who were very well named for the weather that was happening at the time. Because <laughs> it was definitely Hemelby Storming all over the place. I think that's like yourselves from the UK and me being in Ireland, like we're well used to shit weather when it comes to festivals. The festival in your head is an amazing experience. Musically, it still is, but 
sometimes you have to take a lot of punishment to enjoy that music. You do. You do. Last yeah. year was the first year that it didn't rain properly. Um, in all the years I've been going, it is normally absolutely thrashing it down. Um, mm. And the weather here for the last couple of weeks has been shit. So I'm not hopeful of, uh, of a dry ATG yeah. this year. But you know what? Does it matter? Well, it, it does a bit. Does it ruin your enjoyment of the bands when you're in the moment? No, of course it doesn't mm. because you're undercover, you're under a tent. It's just the traversing from one tent to another because it eventually becomes what I imagine the Somme was quite like without being shot at or having mustard gas set up on you. But other than that, probably quite similar. Um, so uh, here's hoping that uh, it's kind. But yeah, I mean, yeah. versus Dunk, it's very, very difficult to compare the two. Obviously, Dunk's change of venue we've already spoken about. Um, so it would have been easier to compare the two when they were both outdoor festivals, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um, I think, you know, a word for the organisers, because the passion that the organisers put into both festivals absolutely shines through in terms of how they're put together, how the lineups are, how they look after you, uh, yeah. the layout. You know, everything about it is just very, very professionally done these days. Mm. I know you try and get to every Dunk Festival, right? That you can is it is our tangent in that same category that you you, you can't miss it i think it, it it certainly is getting that way at mm. the moment it's because the lineup's just unmissable um you, you you look at those bands that we just named and you think i sit here and not go while they're all playing in three days yeah um yeah it's it's becoming that way because it, there's it's a bigger festival and we've come to it a little bit later there's less of that community that you had. You know, we know so many people from Dunk individually. It's still got a great feel to it, but you let you know less people on a one-to-one basis. Yeah. Um, so the lineup's certainly holding it up there at the moment. Great, great. Any more to add on that, Rich, before we wrap up on our tangent for... Yeah, well, I mean, after that question, I'll always go, even if there's a well, Welsh male voice choir headlining and, uh, you know, somebody else uh, who I'm not quite as infused by supporting because it's 45 minutes down the road for me. So, and it's, and it's a festival and it's an excuse to go and party with my mates three days. So, you know, the, the lineup being amazing, obviously um, helps tremendously as well. So I can only see it getting better uh, as their reputation continues to grow. You know, they're getting name checked a lot um, on digital media by, you know, international bands of some standing. So I think that's only going to help in terms of building the lineup for future years. So, uh, yeah, it's yeah. a real success story and uh, it is. can't wait to get there and drink some cider. Nice one. And again, that's it's on your doorstep, I suppose. There's probably no reason not to go, really. 45 minutes away, Rich, I mean. No, absolutely. Yeah. It's almost <laughs> commutable. However, that would stop me from drinking. So uh, that's never going to happen. <laughs> I'll have to stay the same reason I go to Bloodstock every year. It's five, seven miles down the road. Yeah. Ah, man, you're spoiled, lads. You're spoiled for choices. Fucking criminal. Right, lads, there you have it. Thanks for that. I enjoyed that chat about Dark Tangent, guys. Anyone who is going to Dark Tangent, enjoy yourselves. Uh, anyone who's contemplating it, take it from the two guys. It's, it's, it's an experience as well. It's really something worth going to see. That's it, lads, from the review room for this week. Thanks, Rich M and Rich B for coming on again as normal. Um, and we catch up with you on a few weeks' time. Thanks to Richie Dewey, who will edit and produce this show. Thank you. Cheers, lads. Cheers. Take care, lads. Bye-bye.